0: It is hot and all. So if you want a bed, we can give you uh, a bed. Uh, we can allow you to go home to, to sleep uh, because we're here to learn uh, together. Uh, so I would like to challenge us to really stay awake, engage the word. Because these are eternal matters. We will all be held accountable. Both the preacher and the listeners. So, if I as the preacher do not warn you, I'm doing you an injustice. Uh, so keep awake. You will rest later. Sleep uh, shall come. You get to rest. So, pay attention to the word of God. Because this is important. Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, I'll read from verse 25 to 33. We're taking a break from our exposition through 1 Timothy to uh, really see what the Word of God says about forsaking all to follow Christ and to really shore up uh, as to whether we are actually following Christ where there were still on this path those who have professed to be in Christ. This is the word of God. I would like to ask you to stand up uh, so that we stand before the word of God as it is being read uh, in, 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 in reverence, really. And take it as it comes to you. I'll read from the English Standard Version. whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, anyone of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Please be seated. I come in prayer. This is the word of God. He- Heavenly Father, we once again come in, in anticipation of a very difficult text. And we ask that you would enable us by your power to really understand and grasp what is happening we pray that today will be the day of salvation for anyone in here who doesn't know you as they hear the truth of god's word expounded as they hear the gospel being preached may they come to the saving knowledge of the lord jesus christ may you usher them into the kingdom of your son lord we ask that you would enable us to be attentive as we seek to be fed with this spiritual food that we would want to now devour. Pray that you'd help the Christians count the cost as well. That those who have slackened on their journey, on their pilgrimage, will be brought back to fellowship. To run the race with endurance, the race that is set before them. Looking to Jesus, the author and Perfect of our faith. We pray that you would enable me to articulate this word as clearly as possible. Only that, may I preach only that which has been um, spelt out in the word. Because we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It does not matter which denomination you cast your eyes upon. The fact is that we live in a day and age. Where many think that they are Christians, many think that they are following Christ, and many think that they have entered the narrow gates. And this is why Christ in chapter 13 says, uh, 13, verse 24 of Luke says, Strive to enter the narrow gates, in other words we must be earnestly, prayerfully, and thoughtfully ensuring that we have entered the narrow gate. And in your heart of hearts, only you know. Only you know whether you're truly following Christ. I don't want you to think about anyone else in this room. But today I want you to think about yourself. And interact with the scriptures. And see where you are. Really gauge where you are. And if you find yourself falling short. Run to Christ. The title of my sermon is. Have you forsaken all to follow Christ? And the three basic points that I want us to look at is. The costs to family and self. From verse 25 to 27. And we will... We will look secondly at the consideration of what's at stake from verse 28 to 30 and lastly the consequences of not considering what is at stake. We read firstly to the cost to family and self from verse 20, 25 to 27 the Bible says now great On his way to Jerusalem to the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ was gathering a crowd, among, uh, um, well a crowd around him. He was like a magnet, because people wanted to understand who this person is. Why is he preaching the way he's preaching? Why is he healing people the way he's healing? And I want you to picture a mega church where hundreds upon hundreds of people who are filling auditoriums upon auditoriums who are taught self-help teachings, the self-help Jesus, the one who is begging to enter into their hearts, the one who must give them money, the one who must give them wealth and health, the one who must fulfill all their desires and fantasies. This was the great crowd who were excited about Jesus. They were following him. They, they wanted to hear what this man was about. The people were astonished. He had gained for himself massive popularity because of his, the parables that he taught. He, he spoke about the kingdom, something that they had uh, really envisioned but had not thought of because of the prophets. He taught of repentance and faith. And now there was a gold rush to follow him. There was a massive crowd who desired to have a peace of this man. This is Jesus. Everyone thinks they are following Jesus. Everyone says they are following Jesus. You go out there, you are most likely to hit a convert. Jesus turned to them and made an emphatic statement that was almost unbelievable. He said to them, if anyone in a day of easy believism, in a day of easy churchmanship, in a day where the path is wide to enter the kingdom of heaven where anyone is admitted into church membership willy-nilly, where anyone is quickly pronounced a Christian, Jesus turned to these people and said, if anyone, you who say you want to follow me, are you serious about what you're doing? Do you know what you're doing? So as to stop them in their tracks. tracks. He said, if anyone is to come after me. If anyone is to follow me. And does not hate his own father and mother and wife. And children and brothers and sisters. Yes, and even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. Jesus hit them where it hurts. Jesus, who claims allegiance overall, hits them where it hurts. Because if you are a Jew, and you know, even now, our family is dear to us. They are the dearest people on earth. Father and mother, they raised you, they clothed you. They took you to school. They're your heroes for these children. Parents are their heroes. They look to them as, well, indestructible. Jesus first points out to the strongest familial ties, father and mother. And consequently, whoever was to marry whether a wife or a husband. Jesus then goes down. Whoever does not hate his own father and mother. And wife. And children. And then he goes. As if to add insults to injury. He goes to brothers and sisters. And selves. And if you turn with me to Luke chapter 12, back a few pages, from verse 49 to 53, you'll be tempted to think that Jesus dislikes the family or has some sort of disdain. Listen to this <clears throat> I came to cast fire on the earth and would. That it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on, in one house, there will be five divided three against two, and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, Mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Jesus is making the point that the gospel brings a sword. The true gospel, when preached, when received, when accepted, and has affected the soul, brings division because one would have been converted in the midst of unconverted people. And so what happens is naturally your affections will be antagonistic against one another. When conversion comes to a household, it doesn't matter how much peace or professed peace is is in that household. When conversion comes, there will be division. Because one has been changed and transformed by the gospel. One is now a new creation in Christ. And so there's bound to be friction and disagreement when your parents tell you that you need to go and see the ngangas. You need to go and perform rituals. You need to go and do this and that. That is again God's word. Simply put, Jesus was saying when put to a scale, our allegiance to Christ must outweigh everything. He's not saying hate your family because that would go against texts like the fifth commandment, honor your, your, your father and mother. But what he's saying is that where it be that we would put it on a scale to say you who call yourself a Christian, If we were to put your love for your family and Christ on a scale, what would be the result? Where would the weight swing to? That's, That's really what Jesus is saying. He's saying the way to follow me is hard. He's saying that the way to follow me is not easy. It will cost you everything. Everything. If you really are in Christ, if you have really left the world, then this should be the picture that we are seeing or you are seeing in Christ. Well, you may turn to me and say, well, Pastor, that's easy. I I, I love Jesus more than anything in my life. And then I'll ask you the question. Would you do your mother's errands or attend prayer meeting? Put on a scale. There's prayer meeting, six o'clock, there's mother's errands. (laughs) Okay, let's go to this question. Would you go Evangelizing as opposed to attending your blood brother's graduation. Your blood brother has spent four years at university burning the midnight candle. And here there's a prayer meeting. There's, there's evangelism. We're going out to fish for souls and and, and they are the scales. See, oh, that's a bit extreme. Would you skip work for the gathering of the Lord's day? Or rather, what people normally do nowadays is skip the Lord's day for work. Uh, The Hebrews 10.25 says, Not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So it's in the small things that we see whether one is truly following Christ because narrow is the way and it's hard. (laughs) It will cost you everything. People who idolize their families differently more than anything even in Christian circles we have somehow been duped into thinking that family is everything (laughs) they tell you family is everything you get all these people who are posting online and giving you uh, tips, family is everything not according to Christ (laughs) Christ is saying I am everything you follow me If you are going to follow me, I need allegiance. I want allegiance from you. Just in case you thought I was very extreme, let's have a scriptural example. Luke 9, so interesting that in the same sort of context, Jesus is dealing with Discipleship. Luke 9 verse 59 to 62. And it's interesting how people always give excuses, right? To follow in Christ. Listen to this. To another he said, follow me. <laughs> but he said, Lord, let me go. Uh, f- uh, let me uh, first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God (laughs) that is more extreme than my examples (laughs) my feeble useless examples your father is dead he says follow me oh no, I want to go and bury my father Jesus is saying let the dead go and bury them he said, it doesn't matter that's what he's saying What you're worried about, what you're prioritizing, doesn't matter. What matters is me. Yet, verse 61, yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. (laughs) Excuses. I know. I will follow Christ, but you know, uh, let me go and say goodbye to my family members because I'm going to the mission field. Listen to what Jesus says. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. (coughs) Providentially, you you would be interested to to, to see this in the text. That right above your text, chapter 14, and I'll read from verse 18. This really was the parable of the great banquet. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused." Doesn't that paint a picture of really who we are as Christians? Oh brother, Life is tough in Zimbabwe. Oh. There's nothing new under the sun. You're not the first one. You're not the first one. Let's carry on. I've bought a field and I must go and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, so they were invited. They were invited. Come to the great banquet. Come, come and feast. Let's have, let's have a Bible study. Let's have preaching. Let, let's have prayer meeting let's have fellowship let's talk about god and one is saying no no i have a field so in other words their priority is commerce and industry and not god this is serious stuff this is serious stuff verse 19 and another said i've bought five yoke of oxen industry again money the the pride of life wealth amassing wealth. I've bought five yoke of oxen and I I go to examine them. Please have me excused. another say, I have a married wife. Listen, even marriage can be an excuse to following Christ. And, 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 you know, not to really attack anyone, but as I have observed as a Christian over the years, Many single young people are zealous for the Lord until they get married. They love the Lord, they're following, prayerful, attending Bible studies until they get married. Would it be that your wife or your husband is like a cement block tied to your feet? You cannot serve Jesus. Because you've got a demanding, nagging spouse. And you yourself have been captivated into that. I've a, I married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servants, go out quickly to the streets... And the lay, and lanes of the city, and bringing the poor, the crippled, and the blind of the lame. All those who did not deserve to be in the kingdom were brought in because the invitation was extended, and there were people who prioritized the world. And the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. People then twist the scripture and say, Seek ye first the things of the world. And the kingdom will be added unto you. It doesn't work like that. You will never have the kingdom of God. If you are seeking the things of the world. There's the allegiance. There's the allegiance. Men, are you leading your spouses, your wives? In the way of holiness Are you telling me that If we don't pray Our marriage will be in trouble If we don't go to church We'll be in trouble If we don't prioritize spiritual things We'll be in trouble Cause we think that The best way to keep a marriage Is for us to be in one little corner Looking at each other canoeing the whole day But that's the worst Way to keep a man. Because both of you are called to follow Christ. How are you shaping each other for Christ? How are you influencing each other for Christ? Or oh, is this, oh well, prioritize me, forget about the church, forget about God? That's, that's how many people are living nowadays. I'll just read verse 27 for the sake of exposition, but I think it's very clear. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Whenever people in the ancient world saw a person carrying a cross, they knew that he was going to die and never come back. Do the people that see you living out your life, do do they see that you are dead? Dead to sin and alive to Christ? Do they see that this man is sold out for the gospel? This woman is sold out for the gospel? This woman is following Christ so much so that nothing else matters to her in life? That that whenever people come to you, they see you so focused, so fixated on Christ, that everything about you is about Christ. Christ, Uh, my sister, listen to this. No, today I'm spending time in the world. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, you know, there's a family function. We're all oh, going to water world or whatever. I don't mean to be over pious, but I have the Lord's day to prepare for. Oh, your boss calls you on a Sunday. Come, come to work. Listen, brother man, I value the work that you've given me. The way you're presiding over me, and I love you, but I'm willing to lose this job if I'm demanded to work on the Lord's day. Cost <laughs> of discipleship. Are you willing to be destitute for Christ? To give up eating chicken and rice just so you can be following Christ? If any man. Is to follow me. He must hate his father and mother. I haven't even expounded on that. So many things to say. But we'll spend the whole day here. We can even have a conversation after afterwards, later. Carrying a cross in front of your family members when you are pushed in a corner, people are doing rituals, they're burning stuff can you stand up and say no i'm leaving i'm taking my family we're not part of this nonsense we're going or maybe you're just afraid that oh well you just want to maintain relations with family <coughs> and you're compromised you're compromised can't even stand up to your dad or your mother or your brother about it, you know, your brother says, "Let's go and sin. Let's go and drink. Maybe you you haven't drunk in a while. You're not supposed to be drinking. You go, you drink, and you fall into sin. Let's go out to party. And you know that it's not really wise for me to be going out. It's not really, you know, it's not legalism. It's true. It's not wise for me to be going out to be where people get drunk and fornicate. Really." some of the friends that we keep they don't keep us on on the straight and narrow it's sin debauchery unholiness blasphemers of God why should you hang out with someone who blasphemes God why or someone who just down talks God all the time Even if you love them. Even if they, you grew up together. Here's the application. <clears throat> to be a true follower of Christ. He must be first. That's what we get from the text. We must be prepared to lose family for the gospel. That's the second point. Three. We must be prepared to lose popularity, pomp, and acclaim for Christ. To become in this world you know there's some people who cannot deal with with being nobody but if you want to be on the path of the straight and narrow you must be nobody for christ foolish someone who people like ah this guy is useless i gotta hang up. And if you really care about what people think, are you really following Christ? Let's move on. The considering of of what is at stake. Verse 28 to 30. Such a jam-packed text. I'm so sad that I've only got a few minutes to cover it. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and he's not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. Well, Jesus now explains his point via two different parables. One is a parable of building. The second is a parable of war. And now we are, our focus is on the parable of building. He wants to explain to them that the cost of following me is so great. I wonder why all of you are following me to Jerusalem. Because the cross that I'm about to bear, you will not endure. The the life that I live, you cannot endure. The life that I call you to, you cannot endure. And he says the following For who of you, desiring to build a tower, does not sit down and calculate how much it costs to build? This is a very relevant example for us in Zimbabwe. Because when you walk around, you see half finished houses. Zimbabwe, even roof level or even window level, they've been left. And then you can see, ah, no planning was put into this. You just got a few thousands, maybe from your deals. Say, ah, let me know no work. I want to show them. <laughs> you go and look for land, and you start building. By the because things are so expensive here. window level done no money no more money and guess what this will be the response of the people (laughs) that is the response and so it is with the Christian life that those who are on the path to righteousness on the narrow path Who have been saved by grace, or who at least profess to have been saved by grace? Who of you sat down after you were saved by grace to say, Hmm, what is required of me? (laughs) What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to live a life set apart for God? What does it What does it mean? It will mean that I need to leave my way of life. I need to leave this hip hop stuff. I need to leave partying and clubbing. I, 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 I need to leave some of my friends because the narrow the path is narrow and the life is hard. It's a life of self-denial. A life of carrying your cross. It is not about pomp and popular, pop, popularity. All these false prosperity preachers are painting a wrong picture of Christ. Because even in this text it says, foxes have no hole, have holes, birds have nests. But the son of man has no way to lay his head. And they'll tell you, come to Christ so that you get a mansion. Nonsense. Nonsense. It's man-centered. Every week it's about you. Every week. The other day I was going to the loo. And one of the people was, 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 was praying there. She was like, I oh, no. Hey, bless our businesses, our families. I'm saying, have you run out of things to pray for? Pray for the kingdom. Pray for the expansion of God's kingdom. Hey, your families will be blessed, hey? No, that's not following. That is not Christianity. That is not Christianity. That is not following Christ. Because the moment hardship hits, if you want to see how fake charismaticism is, I'm sure all of you have got Pentecostal friends. When hardship hits, just look at the way there is. Because God has got a way of humbling all these people. He's got a way of doing it. Even if when they think that, oh, they're high and mighty, they're people. you be humbled. Narrow is the way that leads to life. Who of you Desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost. Whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise when he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it. All who see it begin to mock him. There are people who started off well in the Christian church. They came... They got baptized. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Everyone believed. They got baptized. They got admitted into church membership. After church membership, started jamming. Ah, What's happening? No commitment. Prayer meetings, nothing. Membership meetings, nothing. Commitment to the local church, nothing. You disappear unannounced you're not committed you're not showing forth fruit all we see is sin jesus is saying by the grace of god if you follow him you need to calculate the cost if you know that you are not a christian and you're just pretending it's better just to give your life to the Lord. Say, guys, in India, I was not a Christian. I was, I thought I was going to, but I was a false convert. The Lord said, so that I can follow you on the straight, on the hard path. Could you would have think Jesus would want all these crowds. Jesus was a mega church pastor. That's what they say. This is... <laughs> In other texts, it says, you're following me because you want food. You see me done, me doing a miracle, so you're following me because you want food. Listen to J.C. Ryan. It costs something to be a Christian, to be a true Christian. Let that never be forgotten. To be a mere, normal, to be a mere nominal Christian and to go to, go, to, and to go to church is cheap and easy work. But to hear Christ's voice, to follow Christ and believe in Christ and confess Christ requires much. Dear friends, are you following Christ? This is my question with all the love in the world this morning. For me to you, are you following Christ? Are you one of these who were part of this crowd as he was going to the cross? Or are just... You know, I'm just going around with the flow. Anyway, this church stuff, I want to try my luck. <clears throat> Let's see what happens. Maybe God can hear me. There are people who do that, right? Come to church for a few months. Later, you hear, ah, you know what? God disappointed me. I no longer, go, I no longer believe in God anymore. Oh. Ah, no, you know, I lost a relative, so I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with God. You know, those type of things. I don't want to, you know, ah Christianity, you know. They start changing. Oh, okay. I uh, now I've seen who you really are. Thank you for coming out. They they don't know <laughs> text like this. <laughs> but if any man follows, you must calculate the cost. That are you willing to forsake and skip a job praise show. For the sake of Christ? Are you willing to meditate on the scriptures whilst others are playing football or watching football? Are you willing to go evangelizing somewhere where people are hostile? This is what is the state. Are you willing to be embarrassed for Christ? to go back to your old schoolmates and say, thus says the Lord. <laughs> or to look your father in your face and say, Dad, if you don't repent, you're going to hell. I love you. I love you enough to tell you that. Mom, all you're doing for us is nice. <laughs> but, Listen, if you don't believe in Christ, you are going to hell. Risk popularity. Let's look at the consequences of not considering what's at stake, which is really the same, Uh, you know, it's one coin with two sides. The consequences of not considering what's at stake, the word of God concludes from verse 31 to 33. Oh, what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. If you, if hear this, if there's something in your life that you're not willing to lose, it's an idol for Christ. If there's anything, it can be anything, it can be anything that you deem good. If you're not willing to lose it all for Christ, it's an idol. You need to forsake it and follow Christ. And Jesus now uses a second example of war. He says, If you know that there is a greater army that is willing to fight you, Why don't you go and seek terms of peace? And say, listen, this is too great for me. I can't fight it. Here Jesus was asking for renunciation. He was asking for surrender. He's actually saying, if you're not willing to surrender yourself, your rights, if you're not willing to surrender and deny your life, you cannot be my disciple." you cannot follow me because i am going to be a curse at the cross my life is not very nice you know it's not very interesting i came to redeem sinners from sin this is this is my job my job description die (laughs) be flogged and die the bible warns people who have a fake professional faith it warns people who say that who say that they follow Christ but evidently, do, evidently don't and this is what Christ is saying don't have a fake professional faith it's black and for Christ really it's black and white we, we love to have grey areas or, you know, nuances as they call it these days. Christ is black and white. You're either following me or you're not following me. You're either on the straight and narrow or on the white path. Did you see anywhere in that text, that brother suddenly quoted where there's a middle path? No. It's the white path or the narrow path. There's a warning for people who, prof- who profess Christ but actually don't follow him. You turn with me to Hebrews 6, verse 4 to 8, as we conclude our teaching for today. Hebrews 6, verse 4 to 8. I'll let the Bible speak for itself. If you are there, for it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened. (laughs) These are people who went to church, who have tasted the heavenly gifts, who saw great works, Have shared in the Holy Spirit who saw the mighty works of the Spirit and tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them once again to repentance. (laughs) It is the Bible says it is impossible to restore. One who has professed to be a Christian, who has sat in pews, who has listened to the word, who has partook of these oracles and then fallen away to restore them to repentance. Why? Why? Since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm, and holding him up to content for the land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed and its end is to be burned. The cost of discipleship. It is better to not profess Christ at all than to say "Ah, I'm a Christian when one is actually not this is what Jesus is teaching us and that is why few are on the path let me close any man any man who doesn't abandon his all hope in himself and his work and trust in Christ cannot be Christ's disciple. I want to ask a question. What do you think you'll be remembered for? If you were to die and there's an obliteration, people write something about you. Do you think they will write, he or she loved and followed Christ. That's a challenge. Do you think so? When they're at your funeral, when the, when the pastor is preaching, and everyone is crying, and people are now giving, whatever, they're giving all these uh, backgrounds, will, they say, will the overarching truth Be that this man followed Christ. This woman was sold out for Christ. We knew her as a Christian. There is absolutely no doubt. Even your enemies, even the people who despise you, even the people who hate you, even the people who are your. uh, um, the the, the people who are against you, will say, no, no, this one was a Christian. We tried him. We tried to draw him back into the world. We tried to draw him back to sin. We tried to draw him back to follow the paths of Satan. But he stayed put. That's a challenge. That's a challenge. It's something interesting. Interesting. Matthew 4:18 to, to verse 22 records something interesting. While, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, this is Jesus, he saw two brothers. Simon, who is called Peter and Andrew's brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. This was their livelihood. It's as if someone was a bank manager. Living his life. And he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately, verse 20, they left their nets and followed him. Immediately. When Christ calls, if it's a true call that you hear from Christ, you immediately stand and go. And leave everything behind. All the life that you knew. All the friends that you knew. Everything. For the sake of Christ, it must be abandoned. So that I have a clearer view of my Savior. A clearer path that I'm following. And I'm on my way to Zion. Even though there be tones and thistles. And if you're a Christian, and you know you aren't truly following Christ run to him. Run to him. There's forgiveness. Surrender. It's all part of the process. Humility. I have not been following Christ the way I should. I surrender. Follow. He will lift you up. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. It's a parable. Luke chapter 18 do not delay even whilst others are fellowshipping you know outside or even later on even during the week let this be on your mind to say every day I wake up am I really following Christ even if I'm going to school I'm going to work I'm going wherever I'm going is everything that I'm doing to Christ, if you're not a Christian and you're just part of the crowds that gathered amongst the, that accompanied Jesus, you have heard the requirements of following Christ. It's not so much so that Christ has said, The door is shut, you can't come. He's saying, If anyone is to follow me. <laughs> He must hate his father and mother. There must be a clear distinction between one who is now in Christ and one who was not in Christ. The old you should be different from the old, the new you. You've heard the requirements, you either follow Christ or you fall back. Because narrow is the way that leads to life and fewer rules. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, what a gracious God you are. We thank you for your love for us. We are undeserving sinners who are beneficiaries of your grace. While on others thou art calling Do not pass me by. Oh Lord, we want to ask that even as you continue to give us days to live, may we not see those days as license to be comfortable in disobedience and sin, but to be really commit ourselves to you and run the race with endurance that is set before us looking to Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith and oh Lord we are so grateful that you have shown us this path that we can now follow you denouncing And renouncing all who we are for the sake of Christ. We pray all these things in his name. Amen. Amen.